the righteousness of faith. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, once again for the opportunity to come before you with all the saints that are listening and hear your word from you by the Holy Spirit, who is the great teacher. We ask you to take this word, put it into our hearts, into our minds, into our innermost understanding, enlighten us, show us what to do with this word, and confirm this word to us with signs even wonders and miracles following. Let this be a starting point of what will proceed from here, resulting in great strong faith and great strong results in receiving what you have in your hand for us to lay hold of and to utilize as we go forward in this life, this life of faith in you. Thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we receive this, and we say, Amen, so be it, it is so. Hallelujah. Now, open with me to the letter of Paul to Timothy, the first Timothy. And we're going to start with chapter 1, verse 3. The title of this, and what we're going to get into now, is the mystery of the faith. The mystery of the faith in a good and pure conscience. The mystery. The secret of faith. The faith. Not just faith, but the faith. Now, verse 3. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou might charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. Godly edifying which is in faith. Now the end, or the object and purpose of the commandment is love. Covenant love out of a pure heart and a good conscience and faith unfeigned. Or you could say sincere faith. Verse 6, from which some having swerved have turned aside into vain and purposeless discussions, talk, arguments, those types of things, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners and so on. The law is not made for a righteous man. The righteous man, the righteousness which is of faith, lives by faith in God, faith in His Word, led by Holy Spirit. The ungodly need a law for right and for wrong. The law is not for a righteous man. It's 
for an ungodly man. So the mystery of the faith is in a good conscience. A good conscience will be open and clean and pure and accurate in testifying what's right. Hallelujah. Now go to the end of that chapter in verse 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might war a good warfare. Use the prophecies that you've heard ahead of time to war a good warfare. Holding faith and a good conscience. The Amplified says holding fast to faith. Hold firmly to faith and hold firmly to a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. The Amplified says, by rejecting and thrusting from them their conscience, some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. A good conscience and faith are necessary together. You cannot have faith in a defiled, bad, evil, condemned conscience. It won't work. Now, verse 9 of chapter 3 says, Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. Faith is a mystery. The faith versus the law. The faith of the new covenant versus the law of the old covenant or the law of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said to man, he says, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Or you could say blessing and calamity, or right from wrong. Why? Because in the day you do, dying you will die. Why would he die? <laughs> Condemnation. Condemnation kills. We were never designed to know good and evil. To have that confusion, to have that contradiction, to, to know good and to know evil. We were made, we were designed from the beginning to only know life, only know the blessing, only know the truth, only know the Father Himself, His Word, as the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us in all truth, and the peace of God reigns in our heart like an umpire. That's what we were designed to know. But when Adam ate that tree, the knowledge of good and evil came in. Now, why is that so wrong? Well, one of the reasons is you've got conflict. You've now got conflicting thoughts. You've now got the opportunity for accusation. In comes the serpent. In comes the Satan, the devil, the accuser, the adversary, the one who is speaking against, the one who's railing on you, the one who's messing with you and firing thoughts into your mind and getting you to believe that they're your own sending symptoms and suggestions, that cripples faith. It destroys confidence. It destroys just this sense of well-being and worthiness and acceptance and approval to your Father, your Father who is God, the Father, the Creator of heaven and earth. Hallelujah! He had to send Jesus to correct all this mess. 
And it talks about in the Proverbs, and it talks about in the book of Revelation, about eating of the tree of life. It says nothing of eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, evil represents self-governance. It says what Satan said in the garden, the serpent. He said, if you eat it, you will be wise, knowing good and evil. You'll be as God. You'll be as God. You'll be as God. In other words, you'll be your own God. You don't need God. You just need to know between good and evil. You don't need your mom or your dad. You can grow up by yourself. Just be born into the earth, be fed, and you can make all your own decisions. And whatever you deem right is right for you. And whatever you deem wrong is wrong for you. Your truth is your truth. And it must be right because it's your truth. Your opinion must be right because, well, it's your opinion that's self-governance. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's not righteousness. Righteousness is of the faith. And the faith is of the new covenant and the truth. And Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. If you're going to have life, if you're going to have truth, if you're going to have a good, clean, clear, pure, undefiled conscience... You have to have faith in Him, and you got to believe that He is, and that He's the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So my point is, we need a clear conscience. The secret of those, it says the mystery of the faith, or the secret of the faith. So the secret of those who are righteous by faith, not works, not knowing good and evil, not doing right or wrong, not doing everything right, is a pure and good conscience, not a sin conscience. I'm going to repeat that. The secret of those who are righteous by faith is a pure and a good conscience. If you have a good and a pure conscience, your faith in Him is going to work. The new covenant is entered into and walked in by faith and confession. It's not doing a bunch of sacrifices. It's not measuring up to a standard. It's not doing these things, and then I'll reward you for doing that. And if you don't do these things, I'll penalize you for doing it. Or if you try to do it, and you do it wrong, and it's not exactly purely perfect and flawless the way I desire it to be, then I'm going to fault you for it. And All that produces is condemnation. All that produces is guilt unworthy, not measuring up, blame. That doesn't work. Now, whether it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and your own heart condemning you, or it's the law of God and you're reading the word and you see, I don't measure up, and you're trying to do what the Jews did, which is turn the law into something it never was, they had a sin conscience. Always missing it. Not measuring up, not doing everything exactly right. Why? Because you are growing up. You are developing. We need to get to the reality that this is a house. It's a household of faith. And faith has a good, pure conscience. We have a father. We have a big brother. His name is Jesus and we are being raised up in the household of faith through His Word and by the Holy Spirit who was our helper, who was our teacher. We learn. We grow up. We develop. 
we mature. He disciplines us. He corrects us. He directs us on our way, not so we can find fault, so he can grow us up into the likeness and the image of Christ. Are you getting this? The new covenant is entered into and walked in by faith and confession. We take his word, we put it in our mouth, we put it in our heart, and we speak it out with conviction, and we bring his word to pass in our lives. We fix our heart. The righteous by faith speak. Remember Romans chapter 10. The righteousness which is of faith speaks. With the heart man has faith into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Salvation is entered into by faith. Deliverance from both temporal and permanent evil is entered into by faith. Are there some things you need deliverance from today? Is there some things going on in the world, in society, in your home, on your job, in your business, in your anything? that needs deliverance, that needs rescue, that needs soundness, wholeness, protection, preservation, saving or safety, prosperity. Do you need to be increasing? Do you need to learn how to profit in life? Do you need to know how to do things better? Do you want to advance? Do you want to please your Father? Is there a call on your life that you recognize that you can't do without Him? With the mouth. Confession is made into that salvation. I'm going to read that in Romans chapter 10. The righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That, if thou shalt confess, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you say Jesus is your Lord, if you say Jesus, you're my Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, don't gloss over that, God raised Jesus from the dead, the dead, not just a dead body, the dead. Hell. He was made sin. Spirit. He died. Deaths. Isaiah 53 tells us he died deaths. Not only a physical death. He became sin. He was crucified. He went to the pit and he suffered man's punishment. More fully than any man ever did. My goodness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead. You will be saved for or because with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. With the heart man believes into righteousness. He just finished saying, with your heart you believe God raised him from the dead. When Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, he, like that, raised me, raised you, raised anyone that would believe from the dead into righteousness, from iniquity into righteousness, 
from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to the tree of life, from sin unto life, hallelujah, from death unto life, from iniquity unto righteousness, from wrong to right, from condemned to innocent, from failure to success, from debt and lack and poverty and not enough, always coming up short, just barely getting by. Now, you may be so used to getting by that you don't recognize it as being necessarily uncomfortable. But are you getting ahead? Are you able to bless others? Are you able to advance? Are you able to do more? Or is it just all about looking after survival? If it's all about looking after survival, that's not prosperity. That's existence. That's just living a decent life. How would you like to live a better life? How would you like to advance and to hold and to increase and be blessed to be a blessing, especially unto those who are of the household of faith, to be responsible in part for advancing the kingdom of God in the earth in all different manners, both financially and, and in evangelistic means and whatever other means that you've been called to do. There are ways to advance the kingdom in the earth, having an influence in this world system. It takes wisdom. It takes authority. It takes financial provision. It takes all types of things that faith in Him and being saved provides. You have an inheritance with the Father and a joint inheritance with Jesus Christ. All things that the Father have are yours. Hallelujah. The new covenant is entered into and walked in by faith and confession. The righteous by faith speak. With the heart man has faith into righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Now the conscience Let's go back to the conscience now. Why is this conscience so vital? The conscience is vital to faith because it is the voice of the heart. And faith is of the heart. We just read this. With the heart, you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. With the heart, you believe unto righteousness. Believing is faith. Believe means to have faith. Faith is of the heart. Jesus said, if you have faith and don't doubt in your heart, so evidently, doubting in the heart and having faith in the heart are two distinct things. Jesus says, if you have faith in your heart, don't doubt in your heart. The conscience is vital to faith because it is the voice of the heart and faith is of the heart. Now, conscience... Conscience literally means co-perception. In other words, there's two of you. You've got the witness of the Holy Spirit, and you've got the witness of your heart. Now, is your heart looking at the senses, at the flesh, at carnality, at the outer man? Or is your heart looking at the inner man? If it's looking at the outer man, you're likely going to end up with condemnation. 
at some point or another, if you're not already there, or always there when you look at the outer man. But at the inner man, you're looking at who you are in Christ Jesus. You're looking at you're a new creation. You're looking at you're the righteousness of God by faith in the blood of Jesus. You're looking like you've been born again. And you're also looking at and listening to the Holy Spirit that is agreeing, saying, yes, this is who you are, this is what you have, and this is what you can do. Now, if you read your New Covenant, if you read your Bible, you're going to see who you are in Christ. You're going to see what you have in Christ. And you're going to see what you can do in Christ. Just read the Gospel accounts alone. See all the works that Jesus did. You're going to see what you can do. Because Jesus himself said, if you believe on him, you'll do the works he did, and you'll do greater. Jesus did the works. The disciples did the works. The apostles did the works. What about you? Think about that. It takes a pure, good conscience to do these things. Otherwise, you're going to feel condemned, disapproved, unworthy, can't, don't measure up, don't have what it takes, not sure, hesitation, passivity, or just plain lukewarm. A sin conscience will cripple faith in the heart with condemnation, guilt, shame, fear, unworthiness, cowardice, darkness, lies, deception, and so on. <laughs> That's a sin conscience. A sin conscience is full of accusations from the devil. So like we said, the conscience is co-perception. If you get over in the outer man, if you get over in the flesh, that's where the enemy operates. And if he's operating against you at that time or in that way or in that arena of life, instead of having a good, pure, clean conscience with the Holy Spirit bearing witness with that conscience, you're going to have the accusations of the devil bearing witness with that conscience. So you might pick something up and... He'll say, yeah, that's right, you're no good, you sure did that wrong, could have done that better. Oh, you offended that person, or you're an offense, or you're no good, you can't do that, or, you'll never be able to go there, or that's not for the likes of you, or that's too good for you, or you're not good enough for that, or you're ignorant, or you... You know what I'm talking about. You've been accused in your own heart and in your conscience before, and if your heart's condemning you, the devil's going to jump on that and add his witness to it, and you're going to feel double bad. That's what a sin conscience is full of. The accusations from the devil. But a good, pure, righteousness conscience has the witness of Holy Spirit. And the witness of Holy Spirit is truth. The witness of Holy Spirit is clean. It's good. It's right. It's peace. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. So think about this. Do you want to be governed by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Self-governed. Figure it all out yourself from an inner knowing of this is right, this is wrong. Now that's okay, but... That doesn't leave you with the power and the ability to do it. The new covenant 
gives you the power to live righteous, gives you the power to live holy, gives you the power to do good and to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ so that your conscience is clear, so that you can move on without any weight, without any hindrance, without anything holding you back, without an anchor, without a cloud, without anything. Hallelujah. You are the righteous. You are righteous by faith, and you are destined to live a life of purity and holiness and to advance in the kingdom of God. And here, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Remember, the righteous by faith shall live.